I'm Scott Abraham from ABC7 in Washington, D.C. You know who it is. Travis Thomas Experience. This is Eric Edholm of Yahoo Sports. This is Mitch Tischler. This is Al Galdi, and you're listening to The Big Douglas Show. All right, the Wizards capped off the comeback win. We'll get all to it. First, Pooh, how are you? I'm good. Another morning, a sunny morning. I know you well, love the mornings. Well, afternoon now, but it feel like morning. <laughs> and from the Locked On Wizards podcast, my man D is with us. D, what's happening? I'm feeling pretty good, man. Wizards 10-3, and three, number one in the Eastern Conference, 19-point comeback against the Pelicans. I'm feeling great. That's how we had planned it before the season started. Before we get into the, the Wizards in the early season, talk to us a little about Locked On Wizards. You've got, you got your own YouTube channel, which is doing great. And then uh, Ed Oliver was actually on this show when, uh, when he broke the news that he was the new host of Locked On Wizards podcast. And soon after that, you joined the crew. Who makes those decisions? Does Locked On call you? Does Ed call you? How did the two of you collaborate on this thing? Um, where my guy, Nick, he does Locked On Mavericks. Uh, he contacted me in the DMs. He said, you know, because I do my own YouTube thing where I cover the Wizards. And he said, we love your energy. You know, Ed's more of the chill guy, you know, analytical guy. I'm more of the energy guy. So he felt like we'd be a great team. And I was like, I'm down. And me and Ed linked up. And Ed's my guy. He's a little bit under the weather today, so he couldn't make it. But, I mean, we're a great one-two punch. And, I mean, along with how the Wizards have been playing – it, it, everything's been great. We've been popping. Locked on Wizards has been popping. The team has been popping and the fan base. So, you know, I had definitely made the call and I don't regret it. I'm loving it. No, I bet not. You guys, I, I checked out some of recent episodes and, and you're right. Um, Pooh and I are both laid back guys. We probably need an energy guy in more often, but uh, uh, the, you guys have a nice punch that way. So it's nice. Uh, Pooh, what do you think here? We were talking about this on Tuesday. New coaching staff is in a whole brand new starting five almost, uh, minus a couple guys. You think this early start's got more to do with the guys they brought in and an addition of talent or the coaching staff? Uh, I think it's a combination of both. Uh, you have a, a coaching staff that's the first thing it seems that they did was when they came in was, I mean, Montrezl Harrell said he called to figure out what his role was as soon as he found out about the trade. And it seems this coaching staff has notified everyone of what their role is on this team and credit to the guys that's, you know, that are playing, but they bought into what it was. And then you have a coaching staff that didn't just talk about uh, defense <laughs> actually implementing defensive strategies. Um, I believe it was Kyle Kuzma who said, uh, after the win, uh, not last night, but the uh, previous win, when he said, you know, we all know where we're supposed to be on defense. Um, you know, we know what the concepts are, we know how to play everything, and it doesn't change. And you can tell, uh, perfect example last night was the Corey Kispert block. Um, he was he was where he was supposed to be when he was supposed to be there. And he was able to get the block. Uh, I think uh, Josh Hart still ended up scoring on the carom, but he got the initial block. So 
you know, so I, I like I said, I think it's a combination of the players brought in. Um, you have uh, KCP and Kyle Kuzma with championship experience. You have Montrezl Harrell, who's trying to, you know, rejuvenate his value in the league after last season's playoff. And then you have Spencer Dinwiddie coming back off of ACL, who was the forgotten man on the Brooklyn Nets. Um, you know, he was the guy who held them down before Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving got there or before they got healthy. Uh, so you have, so you have all these different players and then you have the young players on the Wizards who are still trying to make their way in this league and find themselves like a Denny who's become a defensive stopper on this team. <laughs> so. Defensive star. Uh, yeah. So I, I, I believe it's, it's been a combination of the coach, the new coaching staff and then the players buying in to what the new coaching staff has been preaching since training camp. D Pooh mentioned Montrez Harrell and and I gotta admit I'm a huge Montrez fan all the way back to Louisville. Uh but they, they couldn't play him in the playoffs last year. I mean they literally took him off the floor. So I mean, is this something that is sustainable? Was he not being used right in LA? We think the difference has been for Montrez here. I, I definitely think a big difference is just a different team, a different system. That all matters. You know, so when you look at playing in the Lakers, playing in the L.A. market, and playing with LeBron James, it's a lot. You know, it's a lot to deal with. You know, yes, he has his defensive issues, but you look at the team in general. It's not just Montrez Harrell thing. It's a team that's playing team defense. Everybody has each other's back. You see it when somebody, you know, may get caught jumping, et cetera, somebody helps him out. So I think the defensive thing, side of things, Montrez Harrell, I don't think it will be that big of an issue when you go into the playoffs because as a team – they're all playing and have each other's back. Offensively, I mean, he's, he's just having the opportunity to play, you know, and there's no LeBron James that you just have to defer to because when LeBron James is on the court, he's controlling things. Everything's a little bit different. You know, we see it kind of with Kyle Kuzma too, coming over from LA as well. A lot of things are different. So just him having more of that freedom offensively and just the buying in, like Pooh said, buying in from everybody into Wes Unsell Jr.'s coaching and his defensive philosophy is working. You know, it's really working. Montrez Harrell is, he got a big offensive foul on Jonas Valanciunas late in that fourth quarter. Those are the little things right there that we're talking about. So just Montrez Harrell, man, fan favorite. It happened fast. He's getting MVP chance at the free throw line. I'm excited for him. The DL loves the Montrez and I don't blame him. Uh, it's funny, Pooh, we missed you yesterday. I asked Doc quickly about the Bullets and, and the coaching staff uh, was trying to be nice about it with Scott Brooks, and he quickly goes, Brooks sucks, move on. <laughs> I said, all right, all right, Doc, we'll, that we will do that. Hey, that was for me. That was for my absence. <laughs> that was his spirit. Um, yeah, it. it's, it's, just, it's just night and day, man. It's funny because I was talking about uh, this with my father on a Sunday. And uh, we we don't we don't represent the same football teams, but we represent the same basketball team. And um, and we both were just talking about our disdain for Scott Brooks. And it's not, you know, he could be a great guy. I heard he was a great guy, right? So this this is not against him personally, but you know, it's night and day from how he coached to how Western Sell Junior coaches. It just you just feel like this team is prepared every night. You feel like they have the answer every night. 
And it's just going to be dependent upon if their shots are falling or not. Um, the first half yesterday, they couldn't hit the side of a building. Uh, nobody was hitting anything. And then come the second half, they go on the run. And then next thing you know, they're back in the game. They tied the game. They won the game. <laughs> like that never happens under Scott Brooks. Um, and like I said, there was never a plan with Scott. No, there was never a plan. It was just roll the ball out and play. But you, you, you see and you feel like there's this, this feeling that, okay, guys, we, we just, we just make a couple stops and I think they're going to be back in it. And, and West Sale Jr. has shown to, to put the right lineups on the court at the right time. Uh, he saw Denny was, you know, he came in and locked Brandon Ingram down in that fourth quarter. So what he do? He rolled Denny out for the rest of the game. He didn't, okay, Denny, your time is up. Come sit down. You know, he, he feels kind of what's going on on the court. And then he allows his players to, to handle the rest after, you know, depending on the certain, uh, the situation. So, um, yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm glad Scott Brooks is gone. Uh, you know, much success to him on, on his future stops. I, I believe he's in Dem- uh, Portland or somewhere mm-hmm. assistant coaches right now, but, uh, but I, I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm, I'm, I'm appreciative we was able to get Wes Unsell Jr. and he didn't end up in Orlando or something like that. So, well, it's funny about Wes Unsell. You know, we were the first team to fire the head coach, last team to hire a head coach. They did a lot of work on finding the guy that went through a lot of candidates. This is the guy they wanted all along, and, and it's paid off. The other thing they did in the offseason, that, that Spencer Dinwiddie, I was excited about that signing. I think I was most excited about it because I can't remember last time a guy chose us. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> he chose us, and, and it, it's shocking because it, it's been, I, I mean, really, I can't remember last time that a, a quality free agent said, that's the place I want to be. Here's the reason why. And for what it's worth, dude looks like a bucket. Yeah. I mean, I think that a lot of that is a testament to Bradley Bill, you know, because Spencer wants to play with Bradley and he feels like they could make it happen here. And I just want to give a shout out to Tommy Shepard, you know, just moving on from the John Wall contract, even though I love John that people say is untradeable. And I mean, you look at it now, he's collecting his millions, doing nothing right now in Houston. And you move that for Russell Westbrook, another big contract that people look at as almost untradeable and you bring in all these extra pieces. And then you add Spencer Dinwiddie onto that. I mean, Spencer Dinwiddie, I'm just more impressed with, you know, when Brad's not playing, he gets aggressive. You know, in that second half, he gets aggressive. He's in control. You know, he's not as fast as a Russ or a John. But he's always in control, whether it's late in the fourth quarter. He's never sped up. Nobody can speed him up. He always plays his game. And, you know, another thing is I like how he can monitor, because he said this in the press conference, it's different when Brad and everybody else is playing because he's not always looking for a shot. He knows he can get his shot, but he knows Brad and Kuz and Montrez has to get theirs as well. You know, he wants to share that love. He wants to move the ball around. And, And that's just you know, beautiful thing to see. It's a beautiful thing to see. Spencer Dinwiddie has been an amazing pickup. Tommy Shepard gets a, a round of applause from me for that. Absolutely. Well, I, I'm on record. Who knows this? I mean, I'd, it, I'd be stunned if he doesn't get executive year. I, I just don't know how you can totally reshape a roster 
in one year that we had plenty of people tell us the roster was unshapeable, that they, that they had to trade Brad off uh, to, to get anything worth and just start from the bottom up. And we didn't have one or two people tell us that. We, we had plenty of people to tell us that that are highly connected throughout the league. And, and here he is. I mean, he pulled all those off. And, I mean, the, the only thing they didn't get in that Lakers trade that I was hoping for was, um, was the point guard. Who's the uh, – Schroeder. I had thought oh. maybe they'd find a way to get Schroeder in that deal. But you don't need Schroeder in the deal because you got Dinwiddie. Who, yeah. Uh, who is I don't the think- pure of the point guards that we've had since, since John probably. I don't think they ever wanted uh, Schroeder. Schroeder. I, I, I think that was a – that was the big thing. They didn't want him. Um, we see why. <laughs> we know why. Uh, they, you know, Spencer had already made his, you know, his intentions uh, known on where he wanted to be and where he wanted to play. Uh, I think the one thing, you know, Tommy noticed when he took this roster over from Grunfeld was the imbalance. Um, very top heavy. And, you know, it just took a, took a little time to, you know, flip you know, John and then John into Russell and then Russell into the other pieces. But, uh, you know, I probably can't think of any man happier when Russell Westbrook, Russell Westbrook came to him and asked to be traded to the Lakers if they could make the trade. I can't think of anybody that was probably happier than Tommy. Sure. Um, especially when Russell notified him he wanted to be traded and then Brad eventually notified him he did. <laughs> so he probably, that was probably the happiest day of his of his uh tenure as GM for the Wizards because he understood then that he was going to start making a way to achieving the balance on this roster that they sorely needed and now you have a roster of wings that can go out and guard various positions between KCP, Kuzma, Benny. had none last year had none and now you have at least three, you know, not even including Brad, but you have three that will come out there and play one, two, three, and then Denny can, you know, Denny and Kuz can play a four. Um, so, you know, it, it's this, this is the most balanced roster that I can remember since when Paul Pierce was here. Uh, yeah. And then if you go beyond that, uh, Gilbert and Jameis, you'd have to go. Yeah, Gilbert, Jameis, Karan. Uh, yeah, and then you got to go all the way back to when Chris Weber was here and we were the Bullets uh, before you find another one. So, yeah, it's it's just a very balanced team at this point. Real, and it's real in quickly, the Blue, can I just say how sad I was that they broke up that Juwan Howard and um, and Chris, Chris Weber. Weber. Rod mm-hmm. Strickland was on that team. Rasheed Wallace. Uh, the young Rasheed Wallace. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, that, that was that was sad. I I heard it had more to do with off court than it had to do with on court. Uh, <laughs> why that why that team eventually was was broken up. Uh, but you know, it was sad. It was it was sad. But Chris Webber still ended up going to the Hall of Fame yeah. off his time in Sacramento. So. Sorry, I had to stop there. I think about somebody who posted that the other day is why I thought about it again. And it just because I was a huge Chris Weber fan and um, I was so excited when he got to Washington and what he stayed long enough for a cup of coffee. A cup of coffee. Because I wouldn't look at the roster. The, I think it was the second season he was here. Um, Because he, he came here from Golden State after his first season or after the second season? 
I think it was after his first season, after he won rookie of the year. Okay. He got traded. But I went and looked at the roster, and they had like Mark Price was on the roster, uh, Calvert Chaney, Tim Legler, but Rasheed, Jawan, and Chris. And I was just like, oh, what could have been? <laughs> oh, what could have yeah. been? Oh, what could have been for this team? You know, it's crazy. They're not even shooting the three ball well, D. I mean, yeah. and, and they've got, and in two weeks, I guess it looks like maybe Rui's back. Um, Thomas Bryan is on the way back. I mean, this roster ain't even filled out yet. Yeah. I, I mean, there's still pieces to be added. And I think the them being 3-0 and without Bradley Bill, that's important because they were 2-12 and without him last year. It was ugly when he was out. And like you said, the offense hasn't been outstanding or playing extremely well. But I think that's a, a testament to their defense because they don't need to score 120, 130 points like they have in previous years to win games. You know, they're winning games scoring only 97 points. They're winning games scoring 105 points. They're you prefer team. one style to the other, D? Yeah, it's – I mean – I've always been – I like a defensive team because I've always been of the, you know, defense win championships. I've always been, you know, part of that crew. So I love the fact that the team has slowed down the pace. They're a little more defensive. Their identity is a scrappy defensive team. And, you know, when the Wizards were scoring high-scoring high games, they were running up and down the court, top and pace. It was like when you were missing a lot of shots – it was almost like turnovers because it was happening so fast. You're missing all these shots. Then the other team is right down the court. So I prefer the slower pace. I prefer the better defense that the team is playing. I love this style of ball. And I mean, the ball is moving more than we've ever seen in under Brooks. I mean, there's really been an emphasis on ball movement, getting guys involved. Yes. There's been times where the offenses like looked a little ugly, but you know what, guys like Thomas and Rui coming back and Brad coming back, I, I assume the offense will pick it back up too soon. Who, uh, question for you. Mm-hmm. Better chance that the Wizards get to 50 wins or the football team wins five more games? Wizards get to 50. <laughs> um, I, I think the optimism – with this team, as, as D just pointed out, is the style that they play. Um, you you feel that they always have a chance to win mm-hmm. because they're not allowing teams to score 115, 116 points a game. Uh, one point, but th- it would have been five games straight that they held a point opponents to under 100 points if uh, the Pelicans didn't reach 100 points last mm-hmm. night. Uh, so it just goes to show like they, they always have a chance to be in the game. All they have to do is get rolling a little bit. And that's what happened in that third quarter yesterday. They got rolling a little bit and then Kyle Kuzma came in and, you know, Kyle Kuzma in the fourth, that's when all his threes starting to go down. But it, you, you feel like they're always in the game, especially then when he said this, um, the post game, uh, interview, when he said, you know, they're like an amoeba. They whatever style they need to play that night, once they figure it out, they play it. So that's that goes to the depth that they have on the roster, that goes to the different 
skill sets of all of the players that they have. And as D pointed out, and we're still missing, you know, three big pieces. Um, Brad obviously was out for bereavement. Uh, Rui, when he comes back and, and, and gets back into the flow of, of, you know, regular season NBA, he's going to be a big piece because you can see at times they are missing Rui. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. and you know, no disrespect to Anthony Gill, but when Anthony Gill is getting rotation minutes, you know, <laughs> they're missing, you, you know, they're missing that piece, someone who can guard a three, a big three, a four, and a five. So, and then Thomas Bryant will be he, like a Trez, um, mm. you know, but he's Trez with a jump shot. That's that's what he is. He's Trez with a jump shot. He was leading all bigs in three point percentage before he got hurt last year. Yeah, because that's that's what he does. You know, mm-hmm. he's, he's he's the pick and pop guy. Everybody else is pick and roll. He's the pick and pop guy. So that adds a new dimension to to what they can do on offense. So. You know, and, and we're still missing Bretons. Bretons hasn't played in a while. You know, another long-range uh, shooter. So, you know, it's going to be interesting as those pieces start coming back into the fold, you know, how the rotation continues to take shape. Because uh, they legit, legitimately, like, you know, most teams, okay, we have a nine-man rotation. Like, they legitimately can go 10, 11, you know, 12 deep. Like the only guys that really aren't playable on this team is the Isaiah Todd, the Joey, uh, I can't pronounce his last name, Joel, uh, the kid from Gonzaga. Yai. Yeah, him. <laughs> and Cassius Winston. Like those three are literally the only players that really aren't playable in rotation minutes. Because even, I mean, he had a terrible game yesterday, but Corey Kispert is generally playable. He shows flashes. So. Yeah, for for rotation minutes, I think the speed of the game. He's he's trying to still get adjusted to the speed of the game, but you know, but other than that, they legitimately can run twelve deep, and it's not a lot of teams that can say that where you can put any of your twelve rotation players on the floor and not feel like you're missing a whole lot. And you know that goes back to you know speaking to the brilliance of Tommy and and the type of roster he's he's put out there and shaped around Brad. Let me ask you guys this, and I'm curious, both your opinions, do we'll start with you. If they don't get around that 50 number, like what are they missing? Like what is the reason, injury aside, that they don't get to that 48, 50 number that we're looking at? I would say if they don't get to that 50 number, I mean, I would have uh attested to the Eastern Conference in the general. In general, I feel like it's tough. I feel like it's tougher than it has been in past years. I mean, you look at some of the records and teams aren't really, you know, where they're supposed to be right now, maybe by this time at the end of the year, like the Bucks, they're missing some guys, their record's a little low. The Celtics, their record's a little low. The Hawks, but these are still good teams. I mean, you see the Cleveland Cavaliers are surprising people too this year. The yeah. the team, the, the Hornets, you got the Hornets, you got the Bulls, you... The Eastern Conference has, I don't know if it's when the last time it's really been this deep with as many good teams as there are. And like, I know a lot of the records, you look at just the records, you say, oh, these teams aren't good, but they got a lot of good players on a lot of these Eastern Conference teams. So, I mean, you even look at a team like the Pacers, they got Miles Turner, Brogdon, Sabonis, Karis LeVert. It's a lot of talent. You know, it's a lot of talent in the Eastern Conference. So if they don't hit 50, 
I mean, I would just chalk it up to it's tough. The Easter Conference is tough. It's not an easy conference this year. Yeah, if they don't hit 50, I think it's going to be more um, about their shooting, their three-point shooting specifically, not mm-hmm. ever not coming around and, and them not shooting a high enough percentage. Because, um, I mean, it's surprising. You have KCP, you have Kuzma, you have Bill, you have Bertans, you have a shooter in Kisper. You you have these shooters, of course, Spencer Dinwiddie can hit from out there. But you have all these players that can shoot a good percentage from three and their three point percentage is so terrible. Like it's, it's like, what's going on here? <laughs> you know? Uh, but I, I think that's going to be the, the, if they don't get that, you know, balanced out, that probably would be one of the reasons why, because you could tell in certain games, the, the opponents three point, you know, shots versus the wizards, that sometimes is the difference. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you only hitting four three pointers in the game and the other team is hitting, you know, 12, 13, it, that's a big difference to make up in twos yeah. and free throws, you know. So um, I think that's going to be it, man. Um, I think they have a team that can play, you know, with any team out there. Uh, and it's just, we know they're going to play defense. It's just going to be if they're going to hit shots or not that night. So if they don't reach 50, I think it's going to be because of that. Or, you know, hopefully, you know, knock on wood, I have some around somewhere, injuries. Like, those are the the two things that I think will hold them back. After watching, once again, I I know it's still a small sample size, but just watching them play. uh, Because the the East is tough, you know, this 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 beginning is just the beginning. Teams are going to get on the road, and you're going to have to compete with a fully, you know, fully healthy Bucks team. Uh, you know, a Hawks team once they get the shit right. Uh, New York Knicks teams always play hard. Indiana, the Indiana team, if they don't end up breaking up the Twin Towers, they got out there. Uh, you know, we got the Hornets tomorrow, who's an exciting team to watch. Um, so you know, it's it's. It's Chicago, Chicago surprising everybody. I, I'm one of them. I, I didn't, I didn't think, I thought they was going to be giving up 130 points a game. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I, thought, I thought it was going to just be offense, all offense. But you know, you have these teams, and every night in the East, you got to come out, you got to put your bootstraps on. Like it, it's not a whole bunch of bottom feeders like it, you know, it usually is in the East. So uh, it, it's going to be interesting. Um, you know, I. I think they have the, the talent to do it, the coaching staff to do it. It's just going to be about health and their three-point percentage coming up, uh, you know, eventually during the year, balancing out. Dee, tell the folks at home where they can find you about the YouTube channel and all the stuff you guys got going on with the Lockdown Wizards. Uh, for If you want to follow my personals, at DTalksLot on Twitter, on YouTube, if you want to subscribe, I talk all Wizards. Talks a lot. For the Locked On Wizards, we talk Wizards five days a week. You can subscribe to us on YouTube, Locked On Wizards, and you can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Wizards as well. Playing, uh, playing. Pooh, you getting on a plane later this week, right? So we wish you safe travels. Actually, that's been changed. Uh, right. I will not be getting on the plane this week, <laughs> but I will be. Uh, I, I'll. I'll be. Uh, hopefully, I'll be making it on uh, Friday. Uh, 
you know, uh, you know, you never can tell with me. No, you can't. <laughs> but, but, uh, you know, David Aldridge on Friday, so you hate to miss right. out on him. Right, 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 right. DA, when DA stops by, you know. The legend DA. Got to try to make it for the legend. Absolutely. Fellas, I appreciate it. Had a blast. Yeah, All right. Y'all have a good one. Thanks for having me, Doug. I appreciate it. Hey, no problem, man. Thanks for hopping on. All right, bro.